Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Well, we got two big announcements tonight from two people that I am totally exhausted by for totally different reasons. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kevins here. Tony Kennett from Chalkboard Review in for Casey. All right, so let's start with the first one. Six o'clock tonight, we believe Joe Hogsett is going to announce that he is running for a third term for mayor. Which is weird, because he said he was a proponent of term limits. So, I don't know, is the third term the limit? I don't know. It's like that one guy in the NFL says he's going to retire, but he's just trying to beat his last record. And for Hogsett, that's a murders per season. If he can just get that murders per season number in Indianapolis up just a little higher, he can retire and take the record and go into the you know Chicago Hall of Fame. I... Um I look at this this announcement, and if it, indeed it is, he is going to run again, which everyone is saying that's what it's going to be. And I look at this city, and I recognize the reality that the Republicans have absolutely no shot to win the mayor's office, that now the race for mayor becomes Shackelford v. Hogsett. And I look at this and go, nothing's going to change. Yeah, I mean, the stench of urine in the alley certainly isn't going to change. Nothing's going to change. And I guess this is the question I pose to you, Tony Kennett, which is clearly voters on a national level and on now a local level say we are just fine with the crap status quo. We used to have a throw the bums out mentality, and now we just have a keep whatever bum has the correct letter next to their name no, mentality. No, no, no. You see, we're really afraid. You see, you can't use the word bums because then people are going to get mad at you on social media, and then you're <laughs> uncaring, and you're probably homophobic, and you're probably a, a bigot Christo fascist because you don't want people to get shot in the streets and all this other stuff. Oh, man. You know what we should do? <laughs> we should double down for the 18th time in the last 30 years on the same policies that are doubling and tripling the murders i mean just try it again it'll work this time probably maybe i i um i look at what has happened and i thought the same thing with ryan mears i said okay no doubt marion county is a blue a blue county no doubt indianapolis is a blue city sure but you would think even blue people would want to have a reasonable level of safety and security but apparently they do not based on the fact that not only did ryan mears win and the results are what the results are not only did ryan mears win he wins overwhelmingly. And whoever comes out of this primary is going to not only win, they're going to win overwhelmingly. Uh, It just amazes me that no matter what, and we saw this statewide with the Republicans, with Diego Morales, no matter what crap someone has handed, the letter matters more than anything now, and the performance is totally secondary, and maybe even not even secondary, maybe third dairy. You're the educator. Is that a word? I just make that You're up. Looking for tertiary. That's, tertiary. That's second. Is that sec- a word? Tertiary. Tertiary. Is the word. And then followed by quaternary. Okay, maybe it's quadrinary. Uh, 
because clearly results just don't matter to people anymore on both sides of the aisle. Well, what's really interesting to me is that this is why Democrats, and you, you saw Obama shift to this from his 2008 campaign into his 2012 campaign on the national level. This is why they start hitting the societal, you know, oh, it's society that's the problem. Because the Democrat gets elected and they're like, I'm going to fix this city. And then they get in and they suck. Yeah. And everyone sees that they suck. And the policies are bad. And people die. And the city's disgusting. And businesses leave. And so then they get up and they want to run for real election. And what does Hogshead say? Well, actually, it's a societal problem. See, actually, the country's really racist and bad and horrible, and I'm just going to have to run again so that I can address societal issues. Case in point, Indianapolis Public Schools. They're on their umpteenth four or five year plan where they're like, we're going to fix academics this yep. time. And they don't do a thing. And the kids still can't read and they can't do math. And they're still getting shivved in the hallways in all of the IPS high schools. But oh, no, no, it's actually it's society. And so we need to buy more racial equity officers because that's going to fix it, and it doesn't fix it, and everyone keeps on doubling down because the Democrats cannot admit that their policies suck and they're bad for people. Yeah, that's such a great example. You mentioned IPS because there was a referendum, and the referendum was supposed to fix everything. Wait a minute. What was the what, more referendums? Yeah. Oh, yes. What was the referendum for this time? Well, uh, the, what they're going to do something with the buildings, right? I mean, the new thing is that they've got uh, they've got vacant buildings, not enough buildings. That's the, true. I had to inventory the crap in a lot of those vacant buildings. And the last one wasn't it for the teacher pay? But the same thing is at all these school districts, right? I mean, no matter how much money they get, and it, we're picking on IPS here because they deserve to be picked. I was on. getting ready to say because they've earned it. But but it's happening in all these suburban school districts. Right. Like I in the school board election this year for Avon. Remember, Avon had a massive referendum that was supposed to go for teacher pay. The majority ah, yeah, of it. Give me money. And now we have heard, well, teachers are so underfunded in Avon. How is that possible that if you had a colossal tax increase for teacher pay, the teachers could still be underfunded? Did because you? you told us the teacher pay referendum was going to fix the teacher pay. The money is never enough. And it's the same thing is true. We're talking about school districts right now, but it's also true in terms of securing the city. No matter how much money you give Joe Hawks, that he will never secure the city. That's the truth. It's the truth. And it's in the case of, of the public education to answer the question that you sort of kind of asked me there. The reason that they can say they're passing this huge referendum for teacher pay and then the teacher pay doesn't actually go up is because the school's not spending the money well. The state house is giving them money. They're spending it on gender counselors and your umpteenth squash lacrosse, whatever nonsense <laughs> stadium that we're building. And we're repolishing the sidewalks and we're buying new light bulbs. Yeah. But no one actually thinks, hmm, maybe we should just, you know, like pay our teachers and not hire the waste of time counselor who used to be a barista in I, college. I remember sitting when Brownsburg tried their scam referendum in a theater in a room full of people and the superintendent walks out there and goes, yeah, you know, we got to do this $100 million tax increase because, you know, kids could be at risk of dying in the hallways of an active shooter if we don't do this. And I said, there's no way the community at large will be that stupid to buy that. You know what? 40% of, 47% of the community did actually buy it. It went down 53, 47. Thank God. But right. But think about, and, and I was pleasantly surprised at how many of these referendums failed this past That was a huge year. trend in this election. Yes. A lot of referendums have become incredibly unpopular because voters are starting to look at the receipts and go, hey, I've been giving you more money. It's like when your college ass calls you up yeah. and says, hey, you know, don't you want to donate to my college? Don't you want to donate to us, you know, <laughs> fancy <laughs> alumni? Don't you want to join the team as a donor? What did you do with my tuition? I gave you buku bucks. What did you do with it? And that's what voters in Indianapolis and abroad are saying. What did you do with my money? But it circles back to the idea that the ideology matters more than anything. Because, again, I use uh, the Brownsburg referendum as an example. When that referendum went down, because I said, let's call their bluff. 
I bet no kid will die in the hallway if we don't raise taxes by $100 million. And you know what? We didn't. And they did all the construction they were going to do anyway without raising taxes, which proves it was a money grab. And I thought, okay, everybody in this community is totally awake to what's going on now. And they're going to throw all these bums out on the school board who nope. you say lied to you. And they all either got reelected or the people who are just like them are in there now. And it's worse than it's ever been before. And it, to bring this all full circle, same thing going on with Hogshead. Same thing going on with Ryan Mears. Same thing going on with Diego Morales. Same thing going on with Todd Young. It, 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 the party is irrelevant. It's the ideology. It's the letter next to the name. And Joe Hogsett, despite just taking this city and throwing it down to crapper, is going to probably overwhelmingly be reelected. Re He'll probably breeze through that primary. And the Republicans obviously have zero shot. So... There's never any punishment, whether it's school boards, whether it's mayors, whether it's secretary of states, there's never any punishment. And it just drives me crazy that in everywhere else in society, if you don't do your job or you don't hold up your end of the bargain, you get thrown out. And in politics, you keep getting rewarded. Hey, there's a there's a meme that I really like online um, of a, a picture of a, of a dog and it, it's like a cartoon dog. And um, it's it's like his face is under a boot, but it's like it's smiling. Yes. And it's saying, well, at least it's not Trump. It, oh, man. Yeah, I'm being ground into the dirt, but at least it's not a Republican. And that's what I think of some of the, the people in Indianapolis. Like, yeah, I was just shot. My sister was just shivved. My cities smell like filth. My kids can't read. My kids can't do math. It, all of the good, decent grocery stores have left. All there is on this corner is like a half-open Dollar General and a hot dog <laughs> cart. But at least it's not a Republican. Oh, man, I sure would hate to have safety and prosperity. You, you know, it's interesting because we always talk about on the show, Casey lives... Casey's little neighborhood she lives in is uber nice. But the area around it, again, is Animal House. If I were you, I'd be leaving. What a great idea. Mm -hmm. And But there is super cheap gas right near Casey's house. Mm -hmm. And so once a week on my way home, I will quickly stop at this gas station and oftentimes sit in a locked car as I pump the gas and hope no one saw me get out of the car to start pumping the gas. And I watch what's going on around me and I say, why would anyone say this in which they live is an acceptable way to live? Clearly, you have been totally abandoned by your government in all shape, forms, and fashions, and they're doing absolutely nothing to secure you. And yet, I guarantee all those people voted for Joe Oxen. And it's really interesting that you say that, because I've been thinking about a lot of the northern Indianapolis races, and, and uh, there, there are a couple of people on Twitter who absolutely despise the very fabric of my existence. And they're always tweeting out these photos from their three-story mansions over in Carmel <laughs> and Noblesville. And, oh, they're like, oh, Democrat policies are so important. And it's like they're literally lording over the slums to the south of them but that's fine because oh my i'm so important and we that's why we need more socialism and it's like you are absolutely stupid i am very concerned for all of the teachers that said it was important enough to pass you on to the next grade when you have this little of an understanding of civics economics or public safety all right here's what we're going to do next because at 10:30 we have got some just incredibly epic phone calls about people who are being completely ridiculous about Donald Trump and they uh, the threats that they're uh, going to be uh, not listening anymore. They're done. And then they say, well, they'll wait for my response. We, we want to give that a whole segment of calls because that is it's that great and that important. So we're going to do two segments of calls. We got calls with a variety of other things that are really good coming up next. Uh, we'll talk about it. Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answer Double shot of the voicemails today because I'm at 1030, we're dedicating a segment to a lady who lost her mind. 
twice on the voicemails. And so she needs just all of the attention uh, because this will be the gift that keeps on giving. But we didn't want to exclude everyone else because, you know, some some calls just rise above or multiple calls just rise mm, above the cream, everyone else. the cream of the crop. But we say. did not want to exclude some of the other um, Rhodes scholars who felt compelled to call into the program. It's important to engage with the community. It right? is. Isn't that what they say in broadcasting? <laughs> it's important that you need to engage with your listeners. And nobody, really reach out and touch nobody them. engages like us. 317-684-8444. Uh, as you know, hate mail goes right to the front of the line or hate calls or whatever. Uh, we believe that uh, you people should be put on full display for everyone and give you the attention that you seek. Um, and remember yesterday, so this one is actually for you, Kenneth. Uh, if you recall, yesterday, remember we were totally in a totally sarcastic fashion laughing about how during the 2020 presidential primary, all the major contenders for president on the Democrat side wanted to go to a national vote. The Electoral College is corrupt. It's awful. It's evil. It's archaic. It's racist. It's whatever. And we needed to go to a national vote. And we had the audacity to point out how the Republicans, by millions of votes, are going to win the national vote this time, yet they will not have uh, one of the chambers, which is the U.S. Senate. And uh, we noticed how quiet the Democrats were about the need for right. the national vote. And and in, in saying that, we understand that it is a joke because these were hundreds of elections that yes. were at thousands of elections that were added up together to make a larger national popular. We're making a point that the Democrats are hypocritical. But uh, from what you're telling me, and I haven't listened to this call yet, someone was very upset that, that I made this joke. Yes, this uh, this Ivy Leaguer here was very upset. Hi, I'm responding to your genius you've got on there talking about the uh, popular vote. Uh, could somebody please tell the idiot that the popular vote has nothing to do with congressional elections? It's only for the uh, presidential election? You would think that somebody who holds himself out to be an expert on politics would know that. Uh, somebody, somebody told me this years ago, Tony, and it's very true. No one likes humor anymore. No, I didn't realize that I had declared myself an expert on politics. Attention, Indiana. I am, I, am now, I am now the expert on politics. That's how you have to introduce me at every segment. I would like to point out, though, that um, actually the popular vote does matter in congressional elections because it is the total number of votes that decides who wins each congressional seat. So I know this is crazy. If you and I are running for Congress uh -huh. and I'm running as the, the super conservative and you're running as the libertarian heathen and uh, <laughs> we're running against each other. If I get a thousand votes mm -hmm. and you get 800 votes, yes. I won the popular vote. And guess what? I also won the election. Isn't that crazy? So it seems as though, even though I was joking in that situation, even in the criticism, he couldn't tie his own shoes to finish his own point. 10 uh, out of 10. Uh, got another phone call. Someone who would like to hold their elected officials accountable. And I love this, and I think this person is spot on. Go ahead. Rob, Rob, Rob. The election's over, so let's stop beating that dead horse. Let's put your voice to use. Right now, you should be telling everybody to call Mike Brown's office and tell him that he, he even hopes to win our our vote when he runs for governor, that he better not be voting Mitch McConnell as minority leader. A vote for Mitch McConnell as minority leader is a deal breaker for Mike Braun for governor. Uh, unfortunately, calling Todd Young would be a waste of time because if you look at Todd Young's...
you're going to see Mitch McConnell's arm fully inserted and pulling the strings, much like a, a Jeff Dunham uh, dummy there. I was thinking uh, Jeff but, Dunham. Uh, Mike Braun <laughs> has aspirations, and he needs our support. So let's let him know he won't get it if Mitch McConnell is a minority leader. All right. I like it. So uh, do you remember a uh, there's like a Tostitos commercial or something or I don't know. It's a salsa commercial where they ask if the girl wants chips or salsa. Oh, yes. And the little girl says, que no lo mas dos, which means like, why don't we have both? Why don't we both criticize the fact that Republicans completely screwed up this election and also suggest that we should encourage Mike Braun to choose a different yes. minority leader in the Senate and things like that? I don't see why we have to pick and choose. Um on Monday morning, you both point the team in the direction that you want to go, and you look at where you failed on Sunday's game. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got a call. Uh, again, another person. I think this person's being sarcastic, uh, trying to be negative towards us, which is why I chose to play it. If he was being sincere, then I, uh, I've i completely screwed up here. Go ahead. Rob, why don't you start talking about these gas prices and how we're being gouged by the gas stations? Uh, you go down south, gas is 324, all the way to Florida, as soon as you cross the Kentucky state line. Why is our gas so high? And it isn't the gas tax, it's because I forgot. Well, this is what I don't know, and I put this out there because it gave me an opportunity to tell you, oh yes, it is the gas tax, because if someone has a gas tax of zero, and someone has a gas tax of 60 cents plus, which fluctuates based on the price of gas, then the gas you pay for in Indiana is going to, from the start, be 60 cents more expensive than a state that has no gas tax. Why would that be so hard for anyone to understand, Tony? Rob, this is the 10th time that I have been on the air with you as oh. of today. And Congratulations. Of those, yeah, thanks. I know. I'm, we're, we're celebrating at home this evening. Uh, <laughs> Eight of those times, so other than the last show, I have criticized the Indiana GOP's addressing of the gas tax every single time I've been on the air. It has gotten me in minor trouble with the Indiana GOP. I have been spoken to. Oh, you've been spoken to? I have to. been spoken to because I have criticized the little miniature rebate. I have also expounded upon why the Indiana GOP went with the rebate instead of the gas tax reduction and called it stupid. It's not gas station. Your local Speedway guy is not saying this morning, <laughs> I'm going to make it extra expensive. He doesn't do that. That's not, that is a myth. It's been debunked dozens of times. If someone has no gas tax and someone has a gas tax of 60 cents, the price of their gas starts 60 cents higher than everyone else. The Republican Party is who is gouging you. The Republican Party is who is making your gas markedly more expensive in this state than in other other states. It's not a conspiracy. It's not the local convenience store owner. No, no, it, Rob. It is, it no. is high tax Holcomb. No. It is the Flanders boys, no. Rod and Todd. I'm sorry. That's wrong. I'm it's sorry. In, unbelievable. In, in New Albany, Indiana, every morning, the local gas station owners, they get together in this dark, musty room and some Italian trumpet starts playing in the background <laughs> and they start strategizing how they're going to gouge the New Albanians today. <laughs> uh, you know who never gouges anyone is Kurt Darling. He's just got the news and it's coming Coming up next, it's Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Okay. So before we play multiple 
audios of the multiple, when I combine them together, the best, most unhinged phone call I think I've ever heard because of how just ridiculous the premise is of the caller. Tony, let's, by the way, Tony Kennett in for Casey today. It's the Kendall and Casey show here on 93 WIBC. Let's clarify a couple things, okay? We don't hate Donald Trump. Is that fair? I would say it's a fair assessment for me. Is voted that, for him twice. I what was I was going to say? I voted for him twice. You voted for him twice. Defended it, him while he was in the administration in policy. Defended him against the impeachment nonsense. Defended him against a lot of the media garbage. Uh, I defended him even in times we're looking back. I don't know if I would defend him a second time around. I'm not a Trump hater. I'm definitely not an ever Trumper. And if Donald Trump were the Republican nominee for president, I would vote for him because I would vote for a little literal orange peel, as I've said before, against whoever the Democrat is. So uh, if you are saying that you don't hate someone, that you voted for them twice, that you would vote for them again if indeed they were the nominee, that doesn't make you a hater or a never Trumper, right? No, it just means that when he does good things, I praise him. When he does bad things, I criticize him. Which That's is it. it. That is a normal American thing to do, right? That is a normal human thing to do. When people, oh, I was going to say, it's a normal human thing to do. Americans, we don't often do that. Right. We, we cling to things. The So... When we criticize Trump and when we tell you on here that he cannot win, that he has completely alienated huge swaths of people, that his behavior, especially the past six months, has been completely ridiculous, we're not saying that because we hate him. We're saying that because we are normal people who recognize, and in this industry, we talk to people all the time. We recognize where more and more people are at by the day, and we are capable. We are not so wed to some person or ideology that we can't tell you when realism is hitting us in the face. If, look, right, my big issue for Donald Trump when I thought that he was finally starting to do irrevocable damage to himself is when he came out and called Mitch McConnell's wife a racist Asian slur by name. That, that in me was the moment was like, okay, if Trump runs again, I'm going to have a hard time explaining on air why I would vote for him and why I was putting that away in the closet. And yet it is interesting that despite the fact that, that people are seeing this and coming to the same conclusions that we are by the day, there is a group of people who come absolutely unhinged anytime we say anything critical about Donald Trump and Tony, I will turn it over to you because I absolutely do not get how you could be so wed to some guy who didn't even really live up to his end of the bargain, especially when you factor COVID into it. Again, if you took away the name and the letter next to the guy and you said, here's what someone did during COVID and the bribery and the uh, the, infor the the backing of lockdowns, et cetera, people would come unhinged. But because it involves Trump's name, it's like you're the bad guy for telling us the truth and telling us where many people are at. I, I don't I don't have any further comments to add that are really going to further any kind of conversation this way. I mean, if you think that I am anti-Trump, despite the last couple of years of what I've covered, then there, and new evidence isn't going to change your mind. You're setting your ways. It just is the way it is. So this lady called not once, but twice. And we're only going to play. I'm going to play just a very brief part of the first call so that you get the gist of it. It was like, and I don't know the exact time because I went through and edited it out, obviously. It was about a three-minute phone call of just ra ranting and raving and blasting us. And so I'm just going to play you a little bit of the first phone call before we get to the second one. Go ahead. And how dare you continue to try to get listeners by bashing him every single day. 
And I will tell you, if you play this on the radio, I probably won't hear it because I'm not listening anymore. There's other stations that I can listen to where they're not going to bash certain Republicans that don't deserve it and try to create division in our party. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, how dare I just, you? I, I'm so appalled. How oh, dare you? Appalled. How oh. dare how dare we? I would like to speak to your manager. <laughs> how dare you? I came here to buy a yacht and you sell french fries. How dare you? I came here with this camel on my back and these camel cigarettes in my hand. How dare you? I I I, I love that so much. I I had parents like that. I had administrators like that who whenever you just disagreed with them it was just how dare you? Oh my goodness. I can you imagine having to be around that lady? In any sort of like lengthy period, like in a relationship or whatever. I mean, lady, it's radio and we have an opinion about Trump. We have an opinion that millions and millions and millions of other Americans who voted for Trump have. And by the way, and this will be the point of what I'm trying to do by displaying this this person for you all. When you call and tell us you're done with us, when you call us and tell us you're not listening anymore, when you call us and tell us you're walking away, we don't take you serious. They always come back. I've been in this business for 20 years. You never stop to begin with for the most part. So if you want to be laughed at and you want to waste your energy yelling at the radio broadcaster, go right ahead. But it's not changing anything we're going to do because the majority of people, overwhelming majority, the numbers prove it, big numbers, love that we tell people the truth. We tell you what's going on. We are not so wed to some person that we're going to bullcrap you. My opinions are not based on trying to get more listeners. I'm not out. I don't write tweets so that I'm out there trying to say, oh, see, this is a really good tweet because I'm really smart and impressive and intelligent. This is why you should follow me. No, I simply say this is what I believe. This is the data on which it is based. If you agree with it, great. If not, okay. I, I'm not going to change the data or change what's reality in front right. of my face to make you feel better. That's not my job. All right. So nothing says I'm totally done with you after three minutes, three and a half minutes, whatever it was of ranting and raving, like immediately calling right back and telling me that you're done with me and that you need to tell me more about how bad I am and that you're done with me. Go ahead. I just left a long message for Casey and Kendall. Well, not Casey, whoever it is with uh, Kendall today. Uh, regarding Trump and the bashing of Trump that is just uncalled for on your station 24-7. Um, two things I didn't mention. Um, one, I would just like to know the purpose of that. What, what purpose is there for doing that every day in and out every time i turn on your show so i'm not listening anymore i just can't stand it so what's the purpose of constantly taking jabs at trump and blaming him for everything like the democrats do and jumping on that bandwagon what's that purpose that's number one number two um uh what what do you hope to like gain out of that are you are you trying to change people who who liked his policies and, and thought he did well what I, I guess I don't understand the purpose of the whole thing so um, just add that to my previous uh, email and or smell and we'll, we'll see if you respond. I'm oh, so listening. now she's she's listening again. I'm not listening. I'm totally done uh, with you. I had, can't wait to see if you respond. She had seller's remorse. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Okay, well, that one was addressed kind of at me. Yeah. I, I'm the guy on air that was yelling about Trumps and masks. I don't even think I remembered mentioning masks, but, the, but it came in, you know, griping about me. So here are the two reasons to answer the two very clear questions that she meandered her way about like a drunk at a wharf. So... 
why do we criticize Trump? What do we hope to gain? What are we trying to do here? The reason I'm criticizing Trump right now is that in the last two weeks, at a critical time in the Republican Party, he is running his mouth and he is saying stupid things. That's it. That's all I'm focusing on. In the last few, I know you were talking about his COVID policies. I'm not. Right now, I'm talking about what he said in the last two weeks, the candidates that he's endorsed, which were garbage, which in the battleground states did terribly. That's what I'm criticizing because right now we're deciding where the Republican Party goes. And before we decide where we go, we have to take into account what we have. What do we have with Trump? We have a lunatic who's throwing punches at everything, doesn't care whether he hits drywall or a baby. He's just throwing his fists around and he's punching. And so I'm criticizing that. Okay, so I want to follow that up with these are the next two phone calls that were in our voicemail queue. So when this lady acts like we're out on some island somewhere and we're doing this for ratings or whatever, we're doing it because this is where the majority of normal people are. The majority of people who voted for Trump, who are recognizing what Trump has become. These were the next two phone calls after we heard from that lunatic. Go ahead. Hey, Rob and Kendall. Uh, love your show. Listen every day. It's on as I work. I work from home. Um, I just wanted to comment on Trump. I voted for him two times. I cannot, will not vote a third time for Donald Trump. I thought maybe I could, but with his most recent behavior, I just can't do it anymore. So I'm really hoping that the, the Republican primaries bubble up someone who was worth the time and that I can vote for. I can't vote for a Democrat, so I guess my option will be don't vote at all. Not sure what I'm going to do. But just wanted to add my two cents on that because it's really been weighing on my mind, especially after he went after DeSantis just before the midterms. Just can't believe that someone would do that. Bingo! That is just an honest person saying, look, I was even considering voting for him a third time. I was in her shoes. Yes. Yeah, maybe I don't want to, but if he wins the primary again, yeah, I'll probably vote for him in the general. That was my attitude. That's where I was going. And then he came out and he said the nonsense about McConnell's wife. And I don't even like McConnell, but like calling his wife an Asian slur, probably not your best move. I Just, you know, for me. And then, you know, adding into that all of the other nonsense, that's just where I am. Be- I agree with her. Before we get to another break, the next call after that, go. Uh, heard the discussion about Trump. You know, I voted for him in 16 and 20 also, um, but mostly because he was the lesser of two evils. The 2016 election between Hillary and Trump, oh my gosh. And then the 20 election between Biden and Trump, oh my gosh. But if there's another rising star, uh, and I'm looking at DeSantis, then I, I tend to think uh, I would agree with you guys that, yeah, it's time to divest ourselves from Trump. You know, he's been a kind of like a loudmouth brat for so long and really doesn't have, uh, I don't know, I just don't think he can be a politician. He can be a lot of things. I'm not sure he's a politician. Those two calls are where the majority of people are now. They backed him, sometimes unwittingly. He had his opportunity. He did not produce. He did not win. He has not won in in six years. It's over. If you want the Republican Party to die, nominate Donald Trump. This is the irony of this. I know we got to get to a break. People are always on me about, you're nothing but a Republican basher. You're so mean to the Republican Party. I can't believe you don't just get behind Republican candidates. 
And here I am telling you, as an honest broker, that if you actually want to save the Republican Party, if you actually want the Republican Party to remain a viable party in this country, you absolutely not only cannot run Donald Trump, you have to run as far away from Donald Trump. And we're not advocating for Jeb Bush or Chris Christie. No, or I don't Lindsey want either Graham. of those. No, I don't want establishment garbage running the party either. I think based on his record, based on his rhetoric, based on the policies he pushes, individuals like DeSantis are good. And the most honest response that I get from people like that is those candidates are hard to find. Yeah, they're hard to find. Right. They're good candidates. So do the work. Find the good candidates. Quit sending up populist trash. Quit sending up establishment trash. I don't want either. I'm not choosing between two extremes. I want a decent conservative who's going to promote liberty-minded policies. All right, Hammers, coming up next, Kendall Casey Show on 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Tony Kennison for Casey Hammer. Hello. Dancing on a car right now like Tawny Katane listening to the White yeah. Snake. You're welcome for that visual. I've, I've seen you dance on a car before. It is not <laughs> something I ever want to think about ever again. That's a, a true story. He's not even being a smartass. Um, speaking of music, yesterday was a great anniversary uh-huh. For the music industry. Oh. I can't believe kids were even at school yesterday, Rob, <laughs> because it was the 25th anniversary of the Celine Dion album oh. that featured My Heart Will Go oh, On yes. from the Titanic yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, right, sure. Uh-huh. So we jumped in the hot tub time machine yesterday, and we went back to 2019 when our promotions department thought it would be a good idea to give us Celine Dion tickets to give away. <laughs> Because, you know, the Hammer and Nigel (laughs) listeners love Celine Dion. So we had a game called Hey Man, Do You Want to Go See Celine? Where we had caller number nine standing by. And if Nigel and I could convince one of our friends to have a dude's night out at Celine Dion, they got the tickets. (laughs) So this is uh, when I called my friend, Dan Dockage. Hello. Coach, it's Hammer. What's up, buddy? Nothing. What's going on? Nothing. Hey, I got a question for you. Uh, Tuesday, December 3rd, uh, do you want to go have a dude's night out with a bunch of us? We're going to go see Celine Dion, and uh, it's going to get a bunch of dudes together. Do you want to go downtown? What are you talking about? A bunch of dudes together to go see Celine Dion? I'll pass. No. No, come on. It's going to be fun. Nigel's going to go. I think we're going to get some other people around the station to go. Um, I mean, listen, you don't have to like her music to have a good time. And we got free tickets from the station. I'll tell you what. I'll meet you somewhere and have a bite to eat, but I'm not going, no. What if I told you we had somebody that was a designated driver and Nigel's wife pulled some strings and I think we get free beer at the show? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. You in? Okay, cool. And caller number nine got the tickets. And then Nigel called his buddy Mark. Hello. Mark. What's going on? Hey, I got three words for you. Guys, night out. Okay. What am I supposed to do with those three? Yeah, what's up? I just not, you and I, all our friends are getting older now, but I've got uh, some tickets to a show coming up, a concert. (laughs) And uh, I thought it'd be, I don't know, I thought it'd be cool for like me and you and, I don't know, Fisher and and Wojo or whoever to uh, maybe get together and have, I've got these tickets to the show and uh, I figure maybe we just have a night of it, you know? Who's performing? How, How many... Uh, Celine Dion songs can you name off the top of your head? Uh, man, maybe five. Five? Five? My heart will go on. Let's see. Cause I'm your baby. 
or something like that. You'll be my man. So I guess what I'm saying is I've 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 got tickets to Celine Dion. I thought figure we get the guys together on and and, and and head out and I was gonna run it run it by you and see what you thought. Well we gotta do dinner beforehand. <laughs> That's great. I love that uh, local uh, Brownsburg celebrity Mark Vole was uh, <laughs> on that uh, piece of radio greatness. What's coming up this afternoon? Uh, Indiana State Police Superintendent Doug Carter oh. in studio. Oh. We got a lot to get to. You'll do it live. We're going to do it live. Four o'clock. All right. Coming up next, Mike Pence audio from the big ABC interview last I night. I love this background music. By this the is way. fantastic. <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey show at 93 WIBC.